It's just after 8 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub with three locations one on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT Fat Tuesday. Great to be back. PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. PSBR Law, of course, the best in personal injury for a long time. SoCal in their fourth year now here in the Vegas Valley. Or maybe it's the fifth year that's starting up. Not sure exactly when they uh, came in. I think 2018, so it would be year number five coming up. PSBRlaw.com. Check it out. Again, success rate is outstanding. Strength by your side. The relentless pursuit of justice. Brian Panish, senior partner. Panish, Shea Boyle. And Mark Hoke will tell you, Ravaputi, baby. And our old Ravaputi, see fish, having a little sport with that last night on the Monday version, the fish tank, trust the process, uh, you know, with Raul Ravaputi. But he is a big-time Buffalo Bills guy. And so he and Fish have that in common. Bills in the playoffs, of course, did not have that makeup game with Cincinnati. Going to get into a lot of NFL. But remember, if you need personal injury in the near future, just jot the number down. You never know when you're going to need it. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 830 9353 830 KT fired up on a Fat Tuesday and uh, looking forward to talking a little bit with my good pal and producer Mark Hoke. And then top of next hour, the Crooklyn Baller comes by, baby. Yeah, well, actually on the PSBR Law Hotline, we'll have Noah Parker. He's one of the best I know as far as NBA basketball. Does a nice job in the pros as well. Another big Buffalo Bills fan. And uh, all of those Bills fans waiting with bated breath to see if indeed their team is going to make it to a neutral field AFC championship game. Kansas City right now, the one seed. They've got the bye. Buffalo back in action this week at home against Miami. But they don't have to worry about Tua Tungavailoa, who actually played a standout game in that snowstorm there in Buffalo the last time the two teams met. It will be Teddy Bridgewater, though, because Teddy has been cleared now to go in that game. So Skylar Thompson will not start. It will be Teddy Bridgewater. Get into all the NFL. Uh, the Grinch. Alex Grinch, that is, of course, USC's defensive coordinator. He will be returning, according to head coach Lincoln Riley. So they're looking to the transfer portal. They already have several defensive players that they are looking to help shore up that Southern Cal defense. And boy, does it need it. Speaking of defense, was there any played last night from TCU? 
My goodness, man. How about 10-7? And I'm thinking maybe my good pal Chuck Edel has a chance. Maybe he has a chance to upset the bear, Chris Felica, who had a nice little lead going into the final weekend in the VEASAN Invitational. Chuck pulled one game ahead, but the bear had both Georgia minus 12 and the under 63. Well, Georgia put the over by itself. But my goodness, TCU. And you know what I get tired of watching? That there's no plan B with some of these teams. You know, I get it if there's a team that's dominant like Georgia was last night and just on a roll, shutting you down. TCU, deer in headlights look throughout the first quarter and then the rest of the game. It just was ugly. And so, you know, Lou Milano, one of my regular listeners, there were a lot of people just like, God, you get all geeked up and geared up for a championship game. You're figuring TCU knocked off Michigan. One-point win for Georgia had to come back to beat Ohio State. And just a disgusting game. I mean, as great as the year was for Sonny Dykes and the Horned Frogs, and they look, it was a great year. And they got that win against Baylor and Waco. Remember, they had to trot the field goal team on, had no timeouts, clock's ticking down. Somehow, someway, they get the field goal to go down as time runs out. And so then they lose the Big 12 championship game to Kansas State. But that was a real nip and tuck game. That game could have gone either way. And just didn't understand why they never had the old running backs just ram into the quarterback there, Duggan, when they needed just you know three, four inches there in overtime. Two downs. They never did it. No turnaround hand to the running back. How stupid is that? How many times are teams going to be doing that crap? It's just moronic. Some of the play calling some of the clock management that we see at all levels of football. And it's not just college, it's the pros as well. But last night, no plan B. Now, I know a lot of people, tons of people, that uh, looked and said, Max Duggan, even if they lose the game, well, for sure, he's going to get over 31 and a half yards rushing. Brad Powers, Brad got it at 31 and a half. It closed at 36 and a half some places. But still, even against Kansas State, even against other teams in the conference, you know, good, solid defensive teams, he rushed, and that's what he did. That's what he does. And he was able to come up, I think, on one of the drives in the Big 12 championship game against Kansas. I think they drove 90 yards, and I think he rushed for about 84 of those yards. So I played the over as well. But my goodness, how bad was Max Duggan last night? Look, I get it. He had a brilliant season. Didn't even start the year as a starting quarterback for TCU. But it was horrendous. It was sad to watch. And probably about four minutes into the third quarter, I was having dinner with my daughter, Kiara, who cooked a nice steak. And dad was there and just kind of relaxing and watching the game. And and, uh, she knows me. And I was just getting a little bit upset, not because TCU was going to lose the game, but because they never changed anything. And producer Mark Hoke, that's one thing. You've coached volleyball. You've coached different sports. You've got to have a plan B in case something that you go to isn't working at all. Are you just going to keep doing it? And Max Duggan, as solid as he was all year, I saw the guy take off and run all year long. He didn't do it at all last night. Yeah, he ran in for the touchdown, their opening touchdown, cut the lead to 10-7. That was a two-yard rush. After that, He had several opportunities to get outside and change things and at least, you know, put something else in the Georgia Bulldogs' heads as far as, you know what, maybe I'm not just going to set up in the pocket the same freaking place every single play and give you guys 
all of you. And when you bring more than we have, you know, you're going to get to me. And I just never saw it. Mark, that frustrates me to no end when I watch a team and something they do is not working, but they do it over and over and over again. They never change it, and nothing ever changed in that game. You know, Ken, I I will say this on the other side. You referred to my coaching career. And, you know, there weren't too many times with teams that I had that were, you know, pretty solid that, you know, we couldn't make adjustments. But sometimes, you know what, you're just not as good as the other team. And you you can either decide, well, you know, I can I can try and screw around and do some other things that we're not comfortable with that probably aren't going to work anyway. Or I can just try to keep going to our strengths and and hopefully, you know, maybe we can turn things around. That game just got out of hand so quickly. And you know, when, when something like that happens, you just, you know, occasionally you just don't know what to do. You know, and, and you're looking around and saying, you know what, we just got hammered. And that's what happened on Monday night. They just they just got crushed. They turned the ball over three times in the first half, and Georgia took advantage every time. And they went down to at halftime with an insurmountable deficit. There was just no way they were coming back. No, you know, and and yeah, you 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 can say yeah, we can try some different things, but the problem is is that you know sometimes it, hey, you know what we were we were trying to run through the door. They closed the door, and oh, well, there's the brick wall over there. You know, run into the brick wall isn't going to work either. So, right. you know, so, so, just, but if you have a chance to run around the brick wall, why don't you try and do it? Well, but, I, yeah, they never but, but, did it. Yeah. But here's the thing, Ken, I don't know if they could have run around the, that, that was the great wall of China at that point. No, no, I, I, I <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm you talking I'm about saying. early in the game when the game was, it's 10, seven. So then 17, seven, you're still in the game, even 24, seven, if you come down and you score, but here's a kid in other words, if it wasn't in his M.O., if he wasn't somebody that ran for a ton of yardage, what made him a good, solid quarterback, what brought him to New York as part of the four guys for the Heisman Trophy was that he was a dual threat. He was not a dual threat last night. And I'm sick of watching yeah, and, guys that and, are dual threats. I don't care if it's Lamar Jackson. I don't care if it was Michael Vick. Whoever these guys are that are dual threats, I'm tired of them seeing all of a sudden, you know what, tonight I'm going to just be a pocket passer and I'm going to change everything that's been successful for me all year and I'm just going to stand here and just whip passes. And even though I don't have time to throw, I'm not going to do anything well, to change it. Well, on the, other, on the other side of that too, Ken, I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to start an argument. I'm just, you know trying to get into their heads a little bit is you're down 35, you're down 21 already and you've got a long way to go. And man, I tell you running the football may not be the smartest thing to do. No running the ball up the middle is not the smartest thing to do. They did that. They did that. They kept doing that. They're down 27. They're running the ball up the freaking middle. Is that smart? No, I, I didn't say, did I say it was? I know, but I'm, I'm just, just saying. I'm and I'm just saying too that sometimes, you know what? You're just not that. It's not your day. I get it. I it's get not it, your day, it, right? So just quit, right? Just quit because well, you played all. Yeah, they quit. They quit. Well, maybe uh, they quit. They, they got, quit. Sonny Dykes quit. They were happy to be there. They were happy uh, to be there, and it was evident that they were happy to be there. You know why? Because they made zero adjustments in the second half. No, well, I'm never zero. I'm never going to call them. A, a team, especially a gutsy team like that, quitters. But they, yeah, they got over getting overwhelmed. Yeah, that I'll say. Uh, they, they, the deer in the headlights, and sometimes you know what? When the when that truck's coming down the road, <laughs> you freeze. 
and that's what happened. Yep, no doubt. Well, so I, don't, I don't think they quit. I think they just, I think they just got got overwhelmed and beat. So yeah. it was sad. It was sad I, to see. I, I watched the entire game. I watched the body language of players. I've been around the game for a long time. I watched it. They physically quit in the third quarter. About. I'd say five, six minutes into the third quarter, they quit. They were done. Just going to, let's run the ball, let's get out of here, and maybe let's make the score respectable. No, you can't make the score respectable if your defense quits and your offense does nothing different like they did in the first half. You're not going to change things. And so, basically, it was sad. A great season, but what will you remember? If you were somebody that was thinking about going to TCU, how about the three Alabama players that already committed to Transferring in the transfer portal, we're going to TCU. Why? Because they saw TCU beat Michigan. They saw this gutsy team effort. And now all of a sudden you lose by 58 points or whatever it is. Absolutely embarrassing. So, you know, again, it was a storybook season. Things fell their way. But Max Duggan played like a blue-collar player all year long. Last night, he did not play well at all. Nobody did, and Sonny Dyke said that, and I get it. But at the end of the day, I'm still going to be somebody. It's like Justin Fields. Justin Fields had a great, solid season for the Bears. They didn't have a winning record, but he had a great season. Why? Because he made things happen with his legs. So that's like all of a sudden Justin Fields going into a game, last game, and not running at all, not even trying to no, run. Well, you got to remember, these are these are still kids too, Ken. And that's, it was their first time on the big stage. I mean, TCU, you think about that team. They 25-year-old Kid. Well, he's still he's it's still the first time being in a situation like that. And that's hard, Ken. And and you know they were what, four and eight last year? Wow. Something like that. Okay, so yeah, it wasn't I mean, hard against Michigan to come back in the final four game? Wasn't well, hard against the, Michigan? But, well, but they also had the lead for a lot of that game and the things the mistakes that TC made against Georgia, Michigan made against them. You know, it it's 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 really hard when you're getting punched in the mouth like that. And you're not used to getting punched in the mouth. You don't know what to do. You know, when you, whenever you're, that's never happened to them. They had no idea. And you know, unfortunately, kids react like that sometimes. Sometimes coaches react like that. Yep. I can't. I can tell you that I've had. I've coached matches where I've just sat there and. I mean, I think I remember. I remember a game where I think we were up in a volleyball game where we were up like nineteen to four and lost it. What do you do? You're, you're calling your timeouts. You're getting your your trying to make adjustments, and things just go badly. It it. it happens sometimes. No, no, that happens. So you're up 19 to 4, but what did you do? You called timeouts. You tried to make adjustments. Well, I'm sure sure Sunday Dice didn't just sit there and go, eh. Did you watch the first half? No, you didn't because you were doing the show. You didn't watch the first half because (laughs) I I I watched it. They made no adjustments at all. I had the TV on. Okay, well, they made no adjustments at all. Yeah. I, when the game I, was still not you know over, and, and they sometimes made zero coach, and sometimes coaches have to learn how to handle that situation too. And I would I would say that those kids will probably once they kind of recover from this a little bit, and once the coaching staff recovers from it, they're going to go back and they're they'll do one of two things: either the the program folds up or they come back stronger. And I think they'll come back stronger. Yeah. Well, the one thing that TCU did all year long, even if they were in trouble as far as games, the offense was able to move the football. They were able to do things, and that was predicated on Max Duggan being a dual threat. And again, he did not even try to run last night. Makes no sense to me, that's all. If he was injured, if there was something wrong, then you know what? Then pull him and put the other kid in there. The, well, other, kid that, uh, the other kid that started the season, uh, you know, put him in there. If, at least he's, you know, if, he, if you're not 
able-bodied, but he was, and we saw him get out of trouble a couple times. And then the one time, this is what blew my mind, he rolls out to the left, he gets away from two guys deep in the pocket, and he's rolling out, and he could easily pick up 7 to 10 yards and he stops there at the line of scrimmage on the outside, right by the sideline, and then throws the ball back across over the head of DiMercato. I mean, never looking to run. And so I get it. Maybe you're afraid to well, get hit and, by an SEC defense. And and maybe they their plan at – maybe he was told before going into the game, look, I don't want you running. I want you to try and be more deceptive. I want you to try and, and make some plays, do this, do that. We weren't in the locker room, so we don't know. Yeah, Uh, I will take a break on that note. If that's what Sonny Dykes told him, then Sonny Dykes is a moron. As great a year (laughs) as he's had. You know what? Like I said, maybe he blew it. Dykes coached a bad game. That's a possibility, too. If I'm I'm a coach and something has worked all year long for me and I only had one overtime loss and it was predicated on my quarterback being a dual threat and then all of a sudden I'm going into the championship game and I'm going to say, you know what, let's do something different. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, it's like – no, that's that's, that's, not that's what but Ken and I'm, and real quick I'll say this and I've done that before and it's a lesson that as a coach you learn that you know you 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 look at a situation you're against a really good opponent and you're thinking you know what maybe I need to do this maybe I need to change it up and 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 get away from some of this and do that and you end up going away from the strengths of your team and it costs you you know and then and you learn that lesson real quick don't ever do that again. So I think Sonny might have learned a lesson. Speaking of my good buddy Lou Milano, who's a regular listener here in Vegas, uh, he just had somebody uh, go down Preventative Diagnostic Center and uh, connect themselves so they could get all their organs scanned. And uh, there's a lot of you that fall in demographically between the ages of 40 and 72 that need to check out your organs and make sure that you are not going to get blindsided with the Widowmaker. We've seen a lot of heart incidents over the uh, last year or so. In fact, there's a bunch of them. I, I, I will get into some things that uh, happened today in town. Uh, we lost another young teenager here in town right after a physical education class. Uh, died in the bathroom waiting to see exactly uh, what happened there. And then the Air Force Academy football team lost a 21-year-old offensive lineman. Again, we're waiting to see what that is from, but... Hunter Brown, 21 years old, left today, uh, left his dorm and, you know, went down. They were not able to bring him back. So he is dead at age 21. This is happening nonstop, not just here in Nevada, not just here in the United States, around the world. And it is becoming something that is just overwhelming. So here at SportsX Radio, and I talked about this last week, I'm trying to get doctors on both sides of the vaccines, those that are pro-vaccine and those that are against the vaccine that are trying to get the mRNA vaccine stopped right now until we have more information. Because when you see the numbers that continue to grow with heart problems, and it's all heart problems, 98% of it is heart problems, something needs to be done. We at least need to bring it to the forefront and not just brush it under the under the rug because it just keeps happening over and over and over again. And so I will uh, reflect more a little bit. I already have a couple doctors that are lined up that are against the mRNA shots. I have reached out to several doctors that I know were pro-vaccine, have not heard back from them. 
So I'm going to continue, and I'm going to do this sometime in early February that I'm going to set up a show or two that will also take calls from you callers out there. And some of the uh, the parents that, you know, that have lost loved ones and whatnot. I've been reading story after story after story, so it's not just something that I'm shooting off at the cuff. I've been doing this nonstop trying to research so that we can find some answers and get takes from both sides. Sports X Radio right here, Odyssey, 101.5 KDWN. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, Crooklyn Ball, and Noah Parker at the top of Hour 2. Get to the Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard when we come back. Keep it right here. Yeah, baby, how do you cut off Led Zeppelin? It's hard to do. My wife's favorite band, and she loves a lot of them. She's been in the music industry for a long, long time. But Led Zeppelin, if she had one, that would be it. Deep Purple's right there. She's got, you know, some uh, probably Scorpions. I mean, she's got uh, she's got her top five, six that I know. But Led Zeppelin, if she had one, that would be it. That's what her and my brother-in-law, Zach Wilde, have in common. Zeppelin would be their one band. If they only had one, that would be it. If they had to vote in a contest, that would be it. Yeah, overrated. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Good one. Uh, SportsX Radio I'm on serious. a Fat Tuesday. Well, <laughs> I'm not even asking you for your Fight opinion. Me. I'm not even going to ask you for your opinion. I already heard, you heard your opinion on the game last night. I'm about uh, done with you. Outside of you stuff going right. on in professional wrestling, which – it's one thing that you do know something about, so I'll get your take as far as that goes. But I'm not asking you anything else tonight. You're done. Wow. Yeah. That's harsh. Oh, by man. the way, I do have a special guest for my good pal, Mark Hoke. Oh, you are a toadstool. Yes, the, the, uh, the head coach for wow. South Dakota State. And I'm hoping a lot of you out there, because you heard me the last month and a half, if I had one bowl game to bet, it would be, or the last month, I said South Dakota State Jackrabbits. They're going to kick North Dakota State's butt Big time. And, of course, when you have a producer, his alumni, North Dakota State, that's, that's where he graduated, went to Fargo, and that's all I've heard about, nine straight, never lost in Frisco. And I know they teased him for a little bit early on in that game, and I know he felt good about it. And then just as he tweets or he sends a little uh, text to Brad Powers and myself because we had the little three-way text going, but I never even got involved, didn't even do it. I just waited, and uh, all of a sudden it's 24 to 7. But then – Literally four seconds after he sends that little text, like everything is going wrong, all of a sudden, not dead yet because they got a long pass play, made it 24-14. That was the last we heard of North Dakota State after that. Good night, Irene. It was great. Now, there were a couple hotties there that I did grab a nice little picture there from North Dakota State. Yes. Now Now you understand part of the charm. Of, of, of North Dakota State. Yeah, because it was I'm great gonna, to see them crying in their see, beer. See, and that's what they were doing. See, here's here's a problem with being in Fargo is that 
it's very cold. So, you know, you the, the ladies are covered up for a fair amount of the year. But I'll tell you what, when that weather gets to be 40 degrees, go for a ride by the dorms. That's all I'm going to say. There you go. Well, it's- Some of those beautiful women in the world. You get those Scandinavian women. Oh, man, I love it. There you go. Well, the thing is, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, they don't have that little home field advantage against some of these teams now because they play indoors. Where South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, they still play outdoors. Because they, they can't still, afford a new stadium. Well, they don't need no. Maybe now they can. Maybe. I'm just telling you. We'll it, ask can, Coach Stinks well, on uh, it, Thursday. Can, can we get the? Can we get Matt Entz on? Can we get Matt no, Entz on as no, well? No, no, you, you didn't win. You're done. Your run is over. You're done. It's over. The run is over. I am going to email Entz, and I'm going to get well, him, get him on, on your show. Night, so. Yeah, you get him on your show. I, no. But I do a pro wrestling no, show. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. That's well, maybe I'll get tried next Monday night. Yeah. I, I can't do it. You can't. I, I can't have a team. That's like you getting Sonny Dykes on for me now. I don't want you. Sorry, wow. Sonny. I would have wow. taken you before the game, or if you played a game worth of crap, I'd have taken you. But no, Ken Thompson, the run is are, over for you... North Dakota State. Oh, it is wow. done, and it's even better because I gave Mark Hoke four points. He wanted four points. I gave him four points. Could have given him fourteen. Could have given them what? What was the final? Uh, it was a lot to a little. Yeah, forty-five, twenty-one. Yeah, there you go. Hey, it happens. It was great though. KT was yeah, making but, money but, and but having I, fun. But I will say it's great to see both those programs do well because it helps it helps the conference, it helps the region of the country. You know, there's North Dakota and South Dakota kind of get a weird rap that, you know, nothing's there, nothing goes on. But the pride that it that winning national championships up there brings and you know, I know some people like say, Oh, it's it's F B it's FCS, who cares? Well, you're gonna find I have a feeling you're gonna find out pretty soon that that those programs are going to be up and eventually getting in the mix for some playoff games. Just call it a hunch. Yeah, I don't want them to. I don't want these teams. I, I've seen so many teams in college basketball, like UC Riverside that I used to call games for, like Cal State Bakersfield. These teams were powerhouses in Division Two, and it was fun. And they packed their places. Now, because these teams are, I don't know, Eight wins and twenty losses at the end of the year. Eight and twenty-two, ten and twenty. You know, maybe a good year. Sixteen and fourteen. Oh, the, the kids are not there. Yeah, they're not but, into it. Well, Ken, but you know, NDSU went to the NCAA dance a few oh, times. Oh, yeah, no, they've been Division you One know? basketball for a long time. Yeah. So, so the summit. Just... I like the summit, but I'm saying if they go, if North Dakota State goes Division One football, it will be nothing. Like it is no, now. and, and I, I would agree with you hundred percent. But the one thing that with with the expanded playoff and the money that's up there, you've already seen a lot of the better FCS teams move up. And there's you know you're talking there's two conferences in the FCS that want to make one and go up, and the money is just going to be going to be too big. And with with the playoff expanding to twelve, which I think is going to eventually get to sixteen. I have a feeling that what there's if there's chances to to make it that legitimately that people will sacrifice that FCS to get the FBS money and they'll never make it to the playoff. I don't, I, I would disagree. I mean, I think well, you know, a team like Troy, for example, might have uh, had a shot to get into the playoff this year. You know, there's, there's things have changed, and with the transfer portal, I think you can really put a pretty big pretty good team together quickly and the way the conferences are moving around 
it's a it's a it's probably one of the strangest times in college football, and I it's the what the future is going to hold in the next five years is going to be very interesting. It will be interesting, but some of the teams will make that mistake and try to elevate to a D one program. Oh. Already seen it with some of these teams. Trust me. I mean, they oh, yeah. might have a year or two like an Old Dominion or a James Madison. They might have a decent year or two in the Sun Belt, and then when they have that little uh, four and eight season. Recruiting's going to go downward, and the program's going to be, you know, locked in mediocrity wow, for five years at a time. Better, Ken. No, I'm just saying. I've watched it. I've watched teams. Oh, I've seen them do it too. Try to go up and think like, okay, now we're ready for. It's all well and good if you can elevate your play to the next level and stay in the upper echelon of wherever you're going. But so many of these teams, they do go up. They're enticed by the potential of being, I'm a Division One team now, right? You're a Division One team bottom feeder, and now there's no turning back, and you're in trouble. The only team that I saw that came up struggled and then went back to FCS and is doing an adequate job is Idaho, the Vandals. So they came up. They gave it a shot. They had Paul Petrino there, Bobby Petrino's brother, uh, you know, the Vandals' uh you know, they, they had some okay seasons as an FBS team. Now they're back in the big sky, and it makes for better football. Why? Because they're in the big sky where all those teams, Montana, Montana State, Idaho State, Eastern Washington, uh, Weber State, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. Oh, I those think, little I, those little I, rivalries. I, I think like. Montana, Montana State should go up too. If, if, Andy, if, if, if NDSU's and like South Dakota State and – UND and South Dakota all go up. Montana, Montana State should go too. Yep, they really should. And but and and I hate to brag it. I don't want to to sound like I'm bragging, but there is a blueprint following. That was what NDSU did. You know, they went right up, and not just the football team, but the volleyball team did well. The basketball teams did well. The baseball team actually made the tournament for the Division One tournament. They hadn't made the Division Two tournament in since I think 1969 or something like that. There's a blueprint to follow on how to do it. So, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll see if you can't get that blueprint, and maybe uh, send it back to North Dakota State football. See if they could get back on track. Yeah. Well, I think they'll be all right. All right. Well, John <laughs> Stegelmeyer, Coach Stiggs, will uh, be joining us Thursday, and, and top of the show. He's a great guy, South Dakota State football coach, and it'll be a lot of fun to bring in producer Mark Hoke for that conversation because KT. Has now listen. This is a much more humble Mark Hoke, and you guys know it. You've been listening to the show, and this guy has been adamant about how South Dakota State's the little brother. We're going to kick their ass. They still are. Yeah, they've beat us three straight, but that's regular season. Now it's postseason. We own Frisco. We're nine and zero, and not only did they win, they won convincingly, which is great. So I don't have to hear about this play or that play being the turning point. Because you know what was the turning point when they kicked the game off? Wow. That was it. It was over. <laughs> Good night, Irene. It was great. It was just great. Oh, my God. I feel, Ken, I feel like we should be doing some shots right now. No, you should have been. You, oh, I, I'm sure you were God. Saturday. Uh, oh, speaking man, of Saturday, now, now, or Sunday, I'm sorry. Now, Saturday, I was not a happy camper because I did go to the Raiders-Kansas oh. City game. And miserable. Just couldn't, you know, couldn't take it. Do you notice it. I don't sandpaper you about the Raiders very much? No, you know what? It's okay. Because everything, nice. everything, no, don't be nice. Everything and then some. It was, so here's the thing, you know, all these people, 
oh, are you kidding me? We're going to take KC down. We only lost by a point to them in that first meeting in KC. And now we got Jarrett Stidham. He knows the system. Everybody, everybody on the NFL Network, everybody took the Raiders. Yeah, I couldn't believe that either. Everybody took like, the what Raiders. What were you people thinking? ESPN, 90%. Raiders plus the points. Raiders plus the points. What did we see? Absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Just an absolute joke of a team. Get that. Now, here's, here's what – this is what I knew – they were going to lose this game because I was fired up. I was like, all right, let's at least close the season strong. And I wanted to see Buffalo get the home field advantage throughout. So I'm rooting against Kansas City. Look, they are nothing against KC. Great fan base. They've won their Super Bowl you know, a couple years ago. So Buffalo's never won it. Cincinnati's never won it. So I'd like to see one of those two teams have an opportunity. Since he got there knocking on the door last year. But I'd like to see Buffalo get an opportunity. So when the Raiders get down, they're down what, 10 points or whatever, and they get down to the uh, seven-yard line, first and goal, and on two downs, Josh Jacobs gets them to the two-yard line, right, just inside the two. So now you're third and goal inside the two. So that means he's averaging two and a half yards a carry on first down, second down. And I get it. KC's like, all right, they're, maybe they're going to give it to Jacobs again. But what do they do? They pass on third down, no good. So now it's fourth and two. So now if you do go for it, which, again, when you're 6-10, and 10, I don't have a problem with you going for it. But another play that really didn't have much of a chance, another pass play, and so there you are. You're left at the two-yard line. And then, you know, you had a, still an opportunity. had to stick them down there, right? So it's third and 10 for KC from the five-yard line or third and eight, whatever it was, third and seven, third and eight. And – Max Crosby, as great a year as he's had, goes in there. Mahomes is under duress. Mahomes throws the ball about 10 yards short on a pattern just to get rid of it so that he doesn't get sacked for a safety. And Max hits him upside the head a full second after the play's over. And look, I I mean, Max Crosby had a phenomenal year. But you have to have discipline. You can't just – first off, if you hit any quarterback in the head, especially if it's – a big-time quarterback, if it's Brady, if it's Mahomes, if it's Justin Herbert, if it's anybody that's any good, and you hit them in the helmet, you're going to get flagged for it. But if you do it a full second after the play's over, for sure you're going to get flagged. And that was pretty much the turning point. The next play, Max then lines up offsides, you know, jumps into the neutral zone, and so that set up a shorter situation first and five. KC goes down. What do they do? 98-yard drive. Good night. Game over. And the Raiders, kind of like TCU last night, never made any adjustments on offense. And it's hard to watch. You know why? Because you know there's a ton of talent on this team. If there wasn't a ton of talent, especially on the offensive side of the ball, if there wasn't a ton of talent, then you would say, okay, just, you know, great. We lost the game. We get a better draft choice. No, that's not what it's about. It's about closing the season strong, being focused for the game, and playing with some heart. And I thought nothing in the second half. I saw nothing, no adjustments, nothing. So it was a very disappointing season if you're a Raider fan. Based on Rich Bisaccia going 7-5 and five in 12 games with all the adversity they had to fight through last year, okay, with the rugs crash and homicide and the, and the tragic passing of the young lady that was hit, and uh, John Gruden, the stuff that he went through, the NFL forcing 
Mark Davis's hand to get rid of Gruden is tough. But somehow, some way, they gutted it out. They won their last four games, and then they go into Cincinnati, and they hang right there. They lose by one score. And so, literally, right there. And so, when you bring in a guy like Devontae Adams, you're thinking, for sure, we're going to improve on last year. I get it. You missed 15 games between Waller and Renfro, so Adams not going to be as effective, even though he was still one of the top receivers in the league. Jacob's the leading rusher in the league, and it just sucks. It was a real hard pill to swallow. Hopefully they regroup, figure things out. Don't know where they're going to go quarterback-wise. They'll have to figure that out. That's why they get paid the big bucks. SportsX Radio, uh, real quick before I go to break, I was getting into the Preventative Diagnostic Center. I started talking about heart. CT scan, heart CT scan, and calcium score. If you're between the ages of 40 and 72, you have no excuse. Get your ass down there. Go see Dr. John Pierce. All right, it's 125 freaking dollars for you and your significant other. Total, $125. Are you kidding me? To get a scan to know whether or not your heart is clogged up, your arteries are clogged up, but if you got the blockage, whatever. Guys, you don't want to be blindsided by the Widowmaker, right? Women as well. Heart disease going rampant. Get in there. Find out at least that your heart is okay. When you're there, they're going to let you know how you can get all your organs scanned. It is a great deal. You can set up things. Uh, They've got all these different ways that you can work with them, but you need to get this information. Why? Because does it matter if you die with, you know, uh, $487,000 in your bank account, but at age 48, you didn't go and get your heart checked out. So you dropped dead of a massive heart attack. Isn't that all well and good? No, don't let that be something that takes you down. Look, we already have enough obstacles to jump, jump through and jump over in this world, in this life. So if you have advantages, take advantage. We have the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease, cancer. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. Call now, leave a message, schedule that free educational consultation or give a call tomorrow. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900. You let them know Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio sent you. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a complete printout plus a disc with the full report from a board-certified radiologist. And again, that heart CT scan calcium score, 125 total, $1,200 value for you and your significant other. If it's just you, it's a $600 value still. That saves you $475. Doesn't get much better than that. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Go to pdcenterlv.com, pdcenterlv.com. You can see the scanner. They have a lot of questions that are already there that maybe will be answered if you just go to the site or you give a call and get that free educational consultation, 534-7900. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, Fat Tuesday, 101.5 FM, KDON. Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download the app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, and then all you have to do is search KDWN or SportsX Radio. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back. Ah, uh, yeah, I was enjoying myself Sunday, 11 a.m. Pacific time, South Dakota State rolling over North Dakota State because there were some of the NFL games that were just like, ah, all right, some of these games are okay. You know, most of them were boring, lousy. So I look forward to the old college football on Sunday. And for those that thought they might have trouble 
going against the NFL. I think there were a lot of people tuned in. And I saw a nice little large contingency there of South Dakota State fans. I saw a lot of blue there. And it worked out nicely for those fans that made it down there from Brookings and throughout the uh, state of South Dakota. And I think it's a national holiday in that state because they uh, took out the bison big time. They had to follow us down to Frisco. They didn't know how to get there. Yeah, well, they found their way, evidently, and uh, they uh, led the way back. Uh, you can't bring me down, Ken. I just oh, got some I, awful I, I, No, you know, I did. And the best thing was knowing that Mark Hoke was actually going to be humbled. It's awesome because it never happened. I mean, it's like the first time I've known, since I've known the guy, the first time the guy was humbled. We're going to whack him next year. It it's was great, good. though, because we're kind of like playing chicken there in that little uh, three-man text there. Who would crack first? Mark Hoke making excuses about his little bison or KT? KT never even texted till it was over, baby. When it was over, KT was partying. Mark Hoke was sad. And I got a nice little congratulations, KT, from Brad Powers. That's it. He just waited to say. You still owe me Great call. Yeah. And what do you owe me from the uh, taking the four points that you did? We didn't bet anything. Yeah, we did. We bet. Oh, yeah. We're going to go back. I'll, I'll go back. We made a nice little bet on that. We, yeah. What did we bet, though? I don't remember what we bet. Oh, is, oh you, don't, you don't remember? No, seriously, I don't. A C-note. What? Yeah. I don't know about that. All right. Well, you better go back listen yeah, to I the think, archives. I think we better go listen to the archives. Right, there you go. All, all of a sudden, on, I got his attention there. All of a sudden, I, I busted into his payroll there. And uh, old Hokey, man, he's not going to be doing the Hokey Pokey too long, man. He's going to go back and check the archives, find out what was bet. Now, listen, Mike Scalliott. I, I got to pay this guy 500 bucks. I didn't even remember I bet him 500 But, look, this guy's a man of his word. I don't need to go back in the archives. I know that I probably bet it on the Raiders' win total over. I've made it the last couple of years, but I lost money, major money, on that Raiders' win total. So, is what it is. I was fortunate to get a push out of Miami on half of them. I did have Miami over 8.5, so I got that when they uh, beat the Jets. And how about the wacky way that that game ended with the laterals and people didn't realize because they showed final nine to six. But I saw the referee. I saw the referee. I saw him uh, hold the little safety sign up there at the end. And I said, wait a minute. That's going to be 11 six. That means everybody that took Miami, because that line closed at minus four. I said, those people all won. And they never showed, not even on uh, Red Zone Channel and the actual channel that was carrying, I think it was CBS that was carrying the Jets in Miami game. And they had it, 9-6, final, 9-6. But I saw the referee. I said, no, that guy held up the safety signal. That ball went out of the end zone, so that is a safety. And sure enough, about 10 minutes later, you see final, 11-6. So people that took the Jets plus 3.5, they probably had a conniption. But uh, that's the way it ended. Miami did get to that 9-win plateau. Again, they will be without Tua Tungavailoa in their playoff game. We'll get into playoff football with my good pal Noah Parker. At about 10 after 9, when we come back, I'll get to some of the scores. Rich Badge and Finley Toyota out of town scoreboard. And then uh, Mark Hoke will weigh in on what's going on in the world of WWE. That's his strong suit and a lot going down there. So I'll have him explain all of that. Sportex Radio, I will let you know on the NHL side of things that the Rangers won 4-3 to against Minnesota. Really the only score that matters because the Golden Knights were not in action. Lots going on on the college hardwood. Some good games. Three games in the Mountain West going on right now. San Jose State. One of the two plays I made tonight, the other one was St. John's. They're in control over Fresno State, up nine with 424 to go second half. We'll get to all those scores when we come back. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, KDON, live from Vegas. We'll be right back.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 9 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Visit PSBRLaw.com. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub with three locations. One on Cheyenne, one on Buffalo, and one on the south end of the Strip. Steiner's Pub. We love this place. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Book your non-invasive scan today. Day for peace of mind, visit pdcenterlv.com. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance, 702-335-5744. 702-335-5744. Laborers Union 872, the builders of Allegiant Stadium and the Las Vegas Ballpark, home of the Aviators. Promodirect.com. Use K-10 for a 10% discount on your promotion items order. Promodirect.com. And by William Hill Racing Sportsbook, America's leading racing sportsbook. Visit WilliamHill.us. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, a fast-moving hour number two in about 10 minutes. Crooklyn Ball and Noah Parker joins me. I'll get with producer Mark Hoke in just a sec. Richard Badge and Finley Toyota out-of-town scoreboard. Three games still going in the association. Cruise control for Phoenix right now, 9.35 to go fourth quarter. Well, i got to uh, kind of put the pedal to the metal because Steph Curry back in the lineup for Golden State, but the Suns up 14, 100 to 86, 9.35 to go fourth quarter up there in San Francisco. Warriors, 12-point favorites because Steph was back. But the Suns came to play, and they're up 14. We'll keep an eye on that game. Total 230.5. Magic 91-84, playing good, solid ball. Came up with a nice win against Golden State the other night. Lead Portland 91-84, 8.04 to go fourth quarter up there in Oregon. At Blazers minus 8.5, total 229. So right there, you got a couple dogs right now looking solid money line. Meanwhile, Clippers only favored by one over the Mavs. They've been struggling mightily, but they're dumping on Dallas right now. 72-53, to 9-51 third quarter just underway in Los Angeles. Other four games are over. 82-point second half for the Sixers, 147-116. They bury Chris Wynn's Pistons in a big way. Game sails over the total. Sixers easily cover the 14-and-a-half. Raptors, 132-120. They knock off the Hornets north of the border, laying 7-and-a-half. They get the cover. Game also getting well over the total. How about Miami? They beat OKC. 112 to 111. They were laying one and a half, won some places. So you may have pushed this number. Total was 221. The game hits 223. But here's the fantastic stat from that game Miami sets an NBA record 40 of 40 from the free throw line. An NBA record, and they need it every one of them because they win it 112 111 against OKC down there, South Beach. Meanwhile, Jazz, 116-114. They squeeze past the Cavs at home. They were two-and-a-half-point dogs in Utah. They win it by two, so a win and a cover there, naturally, as you get them on the money line. I'll keep an eye on those three games. And uh, college basketball, the only other game I played behind besides San Jose State, who were at home, St. John's. They took care of business in a big way. They needed a win. They were laying three-and-a-half in New York. They blow out Butler, 77-61, wire-to-wire victory. Game stays under the total. Western Mish beat Eastern Mish, 85-79-2 and a half point favorites win cover game goes over Miami of Ohio they 
cruise past Buffalo, 91 to 83 and a half point dogs. They win it by 11. Game flies over the total. Loyola, Chicago. Oh, Sister Jean falling on hard times, big time. VCU goes into Chicago, buries the Ramblers, 78 64. VCU minus three, win it by 14, 136 the total. Game hits 142. Game goes over. Belmont, 74 59. Barry Valparaiso on the road, minus four and a half. They win it by 15, no problem there. Uh, total 142 and a half, game stays under. Ohio U, <clears throat> late run, and they get the win and the cover, <clears throat> excuse me, against Ball State. One and a half point favorites, win it by five, scored the last four in that game, to win it 76-71. Game gets over the total by two points. Total was 145, game hits 147, 76-71. Ohio U knocks off Ball State. South Carolina continues the troubles for Coach Cal. How embarrassing. Rupp Arena, one of the teams struggling big time, South Carolina. How about Kentucky? A 20-point 20 20 point favorite at home. They lose outright to the Gamecocks, 71-68. to 68. Coach Cal wishing he was down in uh, Lavalette, where he hangs out the Jersey Shore during the summer. My goodness, the game does get up and over the total, but the Gamecocks beat Kentucky 71-68. Notre Dame squeezes past Georgia Tech in South Bend 73-72. Minus five, do not cover. Game gets over the total. Dayton, no problem. Bury the Fordham Rams in Fordham 82-58, to the final there uh, in New York, I should say. Uh, in Brooklyn, I think they're playing that game now. And Dayton wins at the Flyers laying seven. No problem. Win it by 24. Big ones game. Gets up and over the total by 10 points. Michigan State, good one with Wisconsin at the Kohl Center. Michigan State scoring uh, the last several points to win that game, 69-65. to 65. The game gets up and over the total. Michigan State covers the one-and-a-half as a road point favorite. Florida, nice effort. Baton Rouge, my boy Larry Ragusa, not a happy camper because his Bayou Bengals go down by 11, 67-56 the final there. Florida covers the two-game stays under. Akron wins at Bowling Green, 74-70. to 70. Do not cover the five, win it by four. Game goes over the total by three. How about an effort by Kent State, 75-63, no problem. Beat Toledo at home, laying four, win it by 12. Total 153, game stays under. Kansas State scored nine of the last ten to beat Oklahoma State at home, 65-57. Coach Tang has them all the way up to number 11, but they were in trouble. They were losing this game much throughout, but came up with a big run in the Little Apple to not only win the game, but cover the five. Game stays under the total. Drake, 76-71, laying 11, don't come close to winning. Uh, as far as against the number, uh, but they do beat Illinois Chicago on the road. Now, remember, there's a bunch of Missouri Valley games, and I will tell you this, take the team that's at home where it's going to be the other team's first time to that venue. So you have teams like Illinois, Chicago, Belmont that have entered, and then when those teams go to new venues, they are getting beat. For example, Murray State, they went to Northern Iowa. They were three-and-a-half-point dogs. They lose by eight. They got blasted the other day by Drake. By 20 points. I'm telling you, it's home field advantage because these teams have never been there. They're entering new conferences. you got to pay attention to that stuff. I'll get to a bunch of these scores later. Let me get some of the big ones real quick, and I'll let you know. Virginia, 65-58. They beat North Carolina, laying four and a half. They win it. They trailed at the half. Tennessee only wins by nine at home against Vandy. They were laying 16 and a half, so Stackhouse had his boys ready. Auburn, nice effort in Oxford. Beat Ole Miss, 82-73. Nova loses at DePaul. My goodness. Finally, DePaul, the Blue Demons, wake up at six and a half point home dogs. They win it by 10-75-65, and Kansas had to rally late. Don't cover the 10 and a half, but beat Oklahoma 79-75. Illinois, Underwood had his guys ready. They went in Nebraska and just buried 
the Cornhuskers, 76 to 50, the final there. Game stays under, but they easily cover the three and a half. San Jose State has finished off Fresno State. Sorry there, uh, Brian Panish. Uh, 74-64, San Jose State gets the win. Utah State right now up by 16 on Wyoming, 14 minutes to go. Up there in Logan, 54-38, and San Diego State at the half crushing Nevada 44-27. Several other games, I'll get you those scores a little bit later, but Air Force did beat Colorado State in Fort Collins as nine-point dogs. And again, heavy hearts as uh, the young man Hunter losing his life there, the offensive lineman just 21 years old there for Air Force. Let me shift over to good my good pal, uh, producer Mark Hoke. Mark, uh, quickly kind of sum up what's going on in the world of WWE because uh, there's a lot of shifting at the top there. Uh, nothing that really surprises you, I don't think, but kind of clue everybody in. Mark Hoke, of course, does a great professional wrestling show on Sunday. It is the Mark Hoke Show, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. right here on 101.5 FM KDON. Oh, I, I am surprised. Um, if, to get the story down real quick, a few weeks ago, Vince McMahon had asked, had re- of course, he had retired, and he had asked to go back onto the board of directors of WWE after the sexual harassment scandals. They said no. Vince said, huh, I've got 80% voting rights and forced his way back on the board with two other people. And and that was on the 6th. Well, today, Stephanie McMahon, his, his daughter, who he had actually fired a while back, who was acting as CEO, resigned. And now we may know why. There are a bunch of uh, wrestling sources that are reporting that World Wrestling Entertainment has been sold to it to the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund, and uh, the Saudis, of course, uh, run cards with WWE for the past few years and been pretty successful. Uh, but apparently, Vince McMahon, who for the reason he wanted to come back was because he wanted to be in charge of any media rights sales and sale of the company. Well, in a matter of days, it is a distinct possibility that World Wrestling Entertainment has been sold to a Saudi Arabian group, and and the wrestling world is just buzzing right now with what has happened. This is this could be the biggest story in professional wrestling in the past 30, 40 years. All right, so prognosis real quick. I mean, what happens? I mean, as far as if that is indeed what happened, how does that shape the forefront for WWE? Well, I think for one, you know, this could go more like what the UFC did when Dana White sold it. That they left everybody in charge. There's, you know, the, this is just breaking. But I, I don't think that if it's an outside investment group that's buying the WWE, they're going to want to make a lot of changes. I think a lot, some of the question is, what is Vince going to do? Because there was a lot of disappointment among the people in the company, the the performers, that Vince was back because things have been so much better for them. And now with McMahon, Vince McMahon back in charge, you know, they don't know how far it's going to go, if he's going to stay or he's just going to take this money and run. So there's a lot of uncertainty for those guys as to and ladies for, you know, what they're going to be doing in the future. And if they're going to want to stay with WWE after everything that McMahon did, you know, they didn't like that he was sexually harassing women all over the place for, you know, 25, 30 years. So who knows? Yeah, it only cost him $19 million to cover that up, right? Yeah, this, yeah around there. And it, there's there's apparently there's two more. All right, uh, just a drop in the bucket. Crooklyn Ball are going to join me in just a little bit. Uh, Mark going to get the Crooklyn Ball on. You, oh, you got him. Crooklyn Ball, man, you're out there. Mr. NBA, Mr. Buffalo Bills, 
Look, I can't get you in studio because you got the uh, the two rugrats there to take care of every now and then. You're being a good dad. I am proud of you as far as that goes. But uh, great to have you, Crooklyn Ball. A happy New Year to you, buddy. Happy New Year. I definitely get to be on. Uh, you know, I got you know, I deal with them. I'm <clears throat> helping them with homework, with school back uh, after the winter oh, break. No. Not that. I don't watch no, my action. I know, right? Trying to watch my action and uh, getting the numbers mixed up from uh, the addition to the point spreads. And I actually had three of the games you talked about, all dogs in college today. You know, dipping my toes in the college. I had South Carolina plus the 20. They went outright. What an upset. I mean, they didn't even look like that. They matched up well. It looked like South Carolina was favored most of the way they played until the end. Uh, that was one of the games I had, and I had a uh, I had Vanderbilt plus the seventeen. Just took a lot of big dogs today, and um, I did have DePaul. That was a good game. They were also won outright, but I mean two, that that Tennessee game they almost covered. They were up eight six seventeen or uh, with a few minutes to go, and then they let the other uh, let Bandy get back into it. Jerry Stackhouse really had the boys ready. They actually had the lead at halftime. But uh, you know, I, I you know I was trying to dabble, do both, trying to multitask with kids and college basketball and NBA at the same time. So how so uh, you know as far as the kids, uh, you know, reading the point spreads, things like that, are, are those things helping their math skills? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to discount money. You also got to be able to count point spreads, totals, and how many points we need to get hit to you know the probability of the game going over or under, and you know they're trying trying to teach them that stuff. It's uh, they're not really getting it yet, but. <clears throat> you know, you gotta you gotta start start early. So yeah. Can, uh, wait till wait till you see. That. Hey, Dad, what's this O where it says minus one twenty five? What does that mean, Dad? Oh, son. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is it's a different math. It's Vegas math. It's uh, it's good stuff. But uh, yeah, you exactly. are starting. You're getting better. You're getting better in your uh, in your college basketball. You're starting to pay attention a little bit. How about Iowa State? They beat Texas Tech eighty four to fifty. You know who coaches Iowa State, right? Uh, you told me before. I, 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 couldn't, no, I don't remember. The old UNLV coach, T.J. Otzelberger. Oh, Otzelberger went there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. He took some guys with him, too, I think. Yeah, well, he and he went back there. That's where his wife actually played college basketball, and she was really good. 84-50. to 50, They just crushed Texas Tech tonight. Uh, real quick, Northern Illinois surprised Central Michigan in, in a pick game in DeKalb. They win at 73-54. And then the streak continues. Good old buddy Patrick Ewing. 26 straight now, Georgetown has lost in the Big East. They actually had a lead of 37-36, but that was short-lived. 66-51, Seton Hall win the cover of the 8.5. Game stays well under the total. Uh, Temple 76-72, they won a Tulsa cover by a half point. And uh, Virginia, impressive, knocking off North Carolina with a big second half. Told you that. And uh, that is it. Gave you all the scores now. The only two games going, 62-44, Utah State over Wyoming, laying 10 not a problem. It doesn't look like 10.52 to go in Logan and uh, 141.5. That game's probably going to get up and over the total in San Diego State, as we told you, up 17, second half, about to start against Nevada. And Alford has Nevada playing pretty good ball. We'll see if that one tightens up at all. On the ice, Mr. Parker, real quick, Florida leads Colorado 5-4. That total was 6, so I'm having a feeling the Grand Salami went over. That's where they take a combination of all the games, the totals, and you can bet over the Grand Salami or under the Grand Salami. When I look at some of these scores, let's me believe that it went over tonight. Seattle Four to three, and the Kraken playing some good, solid hockey. Hey, the Vegas Golden Knights better not dismiss the Kraken. That team could be in second place real quick, and they do have games in hand, a couple games in hand on the Golden Knights. But they are playing solid. 
hockey. They beat Buffalo 4-3. to Pittsburgh spotted Vancouver a 3-0 lead, came back and won at 5-4. Jersey a 5-3 win in Carolina. All of a sudden, the Hurricanes struggling. Uh, so you got three overs in the first three. Rangers beat Minnesota 4-3. There's another over there. 6-3 Tampa Bay crushes Columbus at home, doubling up on the uh, – uh, on the Blue Jackets, and so that game goes well over. Detroit, Chris Wynn gets a W there with Detroit as uh, they get past Winnipeg 7-5, to five, so that really helps the Grand Salami. Here's the only, well, one of the only two unders of the night, Dallas 2-1. to one. They win on the island against the Islanders. St. Louis beat Calgary 4-3. to three. That total was 6, so that game gets over. And then another under was San Jose doubling up on Arizona on the road 4-2. to two. And again, Florida leads Colorado 5-4 still, a minute 7 to go in the third period. So the Grand Salami, you ever get involved with the Grand Salami? That's, that's a lot of fun sometimes, especially if you have the over and you see like three or four games right away get to like 11 or 12 goals. The crazy thing about the Salami is they're, re- they're usually right on. <clears throat> it's crazy. You'll see a game, a couple games that won nothing, 2-1, oh, it's a dead under. But then there's some other games that went 6-5, it like evens it back up. And you're, you're coming down to the last game of the night. You're like, man, I need two goals at the end here. So it's, it's crazy how good they are making those numbers. It's pretty much just adding them all up. Uh, but it was a, a big slate, a lot of goals scored early, like that, that Canucks game. It was 3 three nothing Canucks, and all of a sudden tied up going into the second period. Had six goals in the first period. Ranger game, Wild were up 2 nothing, uh, And it comes down to, you know, they tied it up late, and it ends up going to a shootout. Igor had the best of flurry there. But uh, I was paying attention to some hockey, too, of course, the Rangers. But uh, to bring back what you were talking about with Ewing, I actually had a bet on them on Saturday. I was on the golf course. I had Georgetown plus 19 against Marquette. And I'm, at halftime, they're winning outright. I'm like, oh. I'm telling the guy next to me, man, yeah, I don't really play a lot of college, but I had Georgetown today plus 19. That's an easy winner. Yeah, they I were up like the seven, the right? They were up seven at the yeah, half or something uh, like that, right? Yep, at the end, I see the final score. They lost by like 30 or something, 20. I don't know how many. Yeah, 22, was, I think, 95-73 or something like that. I think George. I think uh, Ewing had him drink a motor oil at halftime or something because they, they got uh, absolutely destroyed. I know Marquette's the better team, but if you got a seven-point lead and you're getting 19, you have no business not covering that game. There you go, and we'll hit some overnights before I let you out of here. I will. Uh, Marquette's probably one of the games I'll be on tomorrow. Uh, I, I like that team a lot. Uh, Shaka Smart doing a nice job over there. All right, a couple things, Crooklyn Baller, because uh, you're well-rounded in the sports world. Correa, we thought the Mets had him away from the Giants, right? And now he signs with the Twins because why? I mean, I thought the Mets were taking him because they were okay with the physical that he failed with the Giants, but now I guess not good enough with the Mets, and Correa ends up signing with the team initially that he played with last year, but his money keeps going down further and further. Uh, $200 million, I mean, still he's getting a lot of money, but what happened to make that deal with the Mets go sour? I, I heard it was the same uh, same injury. Um, you know, that, you know the, the physical not passing, but they never really officially announced, um, you know, that he was a uh, – Part of that Mets team, just like he wasn't officially announced that he was in the Mets. It's been, it's been a, it's been a, a lot of confusing stuff going on. But like, but uh, Passan, Jeff Passan tweeted early on today that six years, two hundred million, um, it can max out two seventy, but also still pending a physical. So it's still not done yet. But it looks like it should be done here. It feels like this could be it. 
You don't know if it's going to be, though, because he still has to pen up this physical. We don't know what's going on with him physically. I know he got hurt last year. He yeah, no, it's, issues, it's, but... it's a sur- here's what it says. It says, after the Giants raised concerns about Correa's surgically repaired right leg, he pivoted quickly to the Mets, who offered him twelve a 12-year, $315 million contract. The Mets now flag his physical as well, and efforts to amend the deal fell apart, leading Correa back to Minnesota, where he signed after a topsy-turvy offseason last year as well. So this one... Six years, two hundred million. Unreal. How would you even want this guy after that? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't even want him anymore. I mean, all the stuff going on is just, it just doesn't. You know, it's almost like he's back at Houston, like the little drama he had going on over there. There you go. It doesn't really make a, a lot of sense, but um, I mean, the guy's a hell of a ball player when he is healthy. It's just we don't know how healthy he is right now. And if you're going to give that, a guy that much money, you obviously want him to be as healthy as he can. Now, you know, he does have. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, percussion-wise, I think he's pretty good at banging a garbage can. If things go from bad to worse, that's where we'll find him. Yeah, that's good. All right. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's one thing. Now, uh, before we get into the association, you're a big-time Buffalo Bills fan. Of course, the DeMar Hamlin situation, you know, tragic. But he is back in Buffalo now as he leaves the Cincinnati area hospital and supposedly stable condition now in Buffalo course will not play i wonder if he ever plays again i don't think he ever plays again that's just my feeling uh your take on this buffalo bills and how everything has sorted out to where if you play kansas city at least you have a neutral field game same thing if you play cincinnati yeah it was a it was a big mess all this stuff is kind of uncharted waters here um as a fan you know i try to take the bias out of it the first thing i thought about was you know, just just because of the way I think, if somehow the Bills pulled this off, I would hear fans saying, "Oh, it's an asterisk." You know, they had a game off; they didn't have to play the Bengals, and you know, they would have, they should have been able to, they should have been playing in Kansas City. They won they won it all, but it was a different route than everybody. I'll hear that first of all. Second of all, wait, 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 wait. You know, why? Why? Because that game was seven to three, and I know Cincinnati came out well, but there's no saying that Cincinnati's going to win that game. So nobody can say right, that. It's right. it right now, and going into that game, Buffalo controlled their own destiny, not Kansas City. So Kansas City got the break because that game was not replayed. Kansas City right. got the major break, and that's why I was rooting hard for the Raiders to win because then it would have made it to where there was a chance that Cincinnati and Buffalo could have that uh, neutral field deal. But if KC, that's only if KC lost to the Raiders because that game came into play. Had Buffalo beaten Cincinnati and then won their finale like they did against New England, which was good to see because they took the Patriots out of it, which is always good for Bills fans. I mean, they're not just going to let Belichick waltz into the playoffs. So I was glad that they were able to muster up a rally in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but another thing I was hearing from people that aren't Bills fans, are, you know, they're saying, oh, man, you know what, now the NFL is going to give the Bills all the calls, Hollywood, they're going to make sure the stories about Hamlin, his team makes a run. And, you know, I don't want to hear that crap. I don't think that's going to happen at all. I think the refs won't, won't, you know, the refs won't put any extra bias. You know, Roger Goodell's not making a call to make to make sure that everyone thinks about number three and have no. They're gonna they, if they do win it all, which there's a chance, it has to be legit, and that's the only way it would work for me. I don't want to hear it from anybody about asterisks or nothing like the shortened season in Disney World and you know all the all the other uh, <laughs> stipulations people go by, but. Um, from a from a team standpoint, I think it's it definitely going to they'll definitely rally. They'll play for him, and I, I really don't think he'll play in the future. Obviously, not this year, but it, you know it'd be too much of a risk for him to come back and play again. 
this is not like Alex Smith or something where you have a gruesome injury and come back from it because this is more internal. Um, I, I wouldn't want him out there, and, you know, I get the whole story. But, you know, I, mean, I think it will revitalize the team, and I think they're playing with a, a little extra here. Um, you know, they kind of have a bye this week if it's Skyler Thompson, in my opinion, because he's, he's he was pretty awful last it's week. Not, it's not. It's not. I just got word that Bridgewater will start. Bridgewater's playing 100% now, huh? 100%. Wow. Well, he had, he had a pinky issue, I think, so it must have not been that bad for him to be able to play now. He is a serviceable quarterback, and he's uh, he can manage a game. You know, he's not going to you know put the team on his shoulders and win it, but he can do enough to manage that team. I, I wouldn't make the line any higher than it is than 10.5 if there's even any more 11s out there because he's, you know, he is a serviceable quarterback. It's not going to be if it's not Mike Glennon or Skyward Thompson, but um, he's injury-prone too. We've seen it in the past, but he's got the talent to win this game if he has to. All right, we will take a break. We will come back. We'll continue on the NFL. Going to get to the NBA because Noah's going to catch us up on the association. Suns continue to lead the Warriors. Now just 316 left fourth quarter. They're up 14, 113 to 99. Steph's return, not helping out Golden State. 107-106, good one going in Portland. 24 seconds left. Magic up by one. Total 229, so you need overtime if you have the over there. We'll keep an eye on that one. And the Clippers lead down to 10, 88-78. Just three seconds left in the third quarter at home against Dallas gave you the other four finals live from Vegas. PSBR Law Studios. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke, the Crooklyn Baller. Follow him on Twitter at Crooklyn Baller. Noah Parker. Follow the show at SportsX Radio at Ken Thompson eighty seven. And for producer Mark Hoke, follow Mark Hoke Show H O K E. And again, the best in professional wrestling Sunday mornings eight a.m. to ten a.m. right here one hundred one point five FM KDWN. Again, download the Odyssey app. That's spelled A U D A C Y. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back. I have a coming back here. KT uh, listening to some hard rock and roll. It's a good thing we're 101.5 FM because uh, saliva belongs on FM radio. There's no question about it. And uh, KDWN, 101.5 FM, Odyssey app. Download it so you can listen to the show wherever you are. A-U-D-A-C-Y, free app. Uh, outstanding. I mean, it doesn't matter where you are. Collection of shows, talk shows, sports shows. I mean, it's just phenomenal. Endless library. And uh, A-U-D-A-C-Y, download that app now. SportsX Radio, Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. The Crooklyn Ball is staying with us. Noah Parker talking a little uh, NFL football and uh, some playoffs. And, of course, we've got the two teams that have buys, Kansas City Chiefs and Mark Hoke's Philadelphia Eagles will not be in action this week. But the games that we do have, Buffalo Bills talked with Noah Parker. That's his squad. Bills, last I saw, were minus 11. And uh, let me just go there, Noah. Do, Nine and a half. What is it? Nine and a half? Nine and a half, pretty I'll much be, everywhere. All right, so that, that'll show you that Bridgewater – uh, carry some clout. They're thinking Skylar Thompson. So that line was at 11 and now at nine at Westgate. It is nine everywhere in Vegas except Caesars. I'm seeing nine and a half, but nine at Westgate, nine at Circa. And uh, that's where we are. Nine total is dropping, 46, yeah. 46 and a half. So it is a, yes, it is dropping. Uh, Friday, early, or I'm sorry, Saturday, early game, Seahawks and Niners. I will tell you this, rain in the forecast, 100% rain for game time, 17-mile-an-hour winds at Santa Clara, Levi Stadium. Now, keep an eye on the weather. Weather can change. But, I mean, I looked at the weather report yesterday for Vegas. 
and it's set at 11 to noon today, 100% chance of rain. And if you were in most places in the Vegas Valley today, it was 100% chance of rain. So uh, if that indeed happens, it'll be interesting to see if the Niners can cover that 9.5. Total is 43. Geno Smith, Noah Parker, i got to give this guy credit. I never thought this guy was going to be a quarterback at the beginning of the year. I thought, worst-case scenario, Locke is going to be the quarterback that they got from Denver. You know, Russell Wilson going over to the Broncos. And I'm like, my God, this this Seattle team's going to suck, man. I mean, I felt bad for Lockett and Metcalf. And I was just like, yeah, Kenneth Walker the third. But I'm thinking, man, this Seattle team, if they win three games, I'll be shocked. And, of course, I'm still a Pete Carroll guy because, you know, heck, he won three titles for my boys from Troy Southern Cal. So, uh, how surprised are you that Geno Smith elevated his play the way he did? And he threw some nice passes in that last game, even though they lost that finale to the Rams, and they always have trouble with the Rams. Rams have their number. Uh, but he still throws a real nice football, and I was pleasantly surprised that he showed me he is definitely a guy that can start in this league. Well, actually, they won the finale against uh, the Rams in overtime in 1916. They oh, did that's not right. cover. Yes, that's right. They, no, that, that, right. That knocked Detroit out, but Green Bay still had their own destiny, and that's what made Detroit's win against Green Bay even more Correct. solid because they supposedly had nothing to play for, but Campbell had them ready. Yeah, so they did. They got that oh, win. Yeah. That's right. He said, if we're not in, you're not going in either. Um, great attitude to have in a game. You don't, you know, just because you're out doesn't mean you don't play, especially when it's a rival. And you've been, a, you've been the Lions for decades, and everybody just expects you to lay down. And you come out and you punch them in the mouth. So it was a great win. I, you know, I love the attitude of Campbell. He's kept his team relevant now from being in the dumps so long. But going back to Seattle and Geno Smith, I think it's really a more of a fact that this is a system that he can play his position in where he was in New York and the Jets and the Giants, and it wasn't really a system built around the way he plays. We've seen Pete Carroll do it with Russell Wilson. We've seen him do it with, with quarterbacks that are more scrambling type, uh, the way he spreads the field uh, in the shotgun and a little hurry up. And he fit more in a system like that. I didn't think it was going to work as well as it, as it did. I, didn't, I did not think playoffs, obviously, but now they have a fighter's chance to make it in the next round, too. They're playing a team for a third time, which is always difficult. Now, the Niners are a beast, and you know they have a great defense, a great offense, too. But I still think they have a good puncher's chance line down to nine and a half in some places now. Um, you know, This is a big rivalry. I want to say Pete Carroll has a winning record against the 49ers in his career since he's been in Seattle. And uh, at the end of the day, you know, this is your divisional opponent. And it's going to be a game. I, I think that's a little bit high of a number, but I know why they made it that high. But uh, Brock Purdy's been playing out of his mind. So that'll be a game I really want to watch. It'll be even more intriguing now with rain in the forecast. And Debo Samuel getting healthier for the Niners who are on that win streak. Real quick, if it was Detroit that was going to San Francisco, what do you make that line, seven? Uh, No, higher than that. Probably seven and a half. Okay. Uh, And Green Bay, I would have had the same number, seven and a half for me. But I think you have to go a little bit higher with Seattle, even though it's a divisional game because – you know, they're just they they don't have all those weapons that uh that you know it's not Aaron Rodgers and based and on Lions the based on the way they're good. playing uh, based on I wouldn't have taken Green Bay in the points but I would have taken Detroit in the points. Yeah, I, I think seven and a half would have had to be the number though because you can't make it le- less than that because you get killed with teasers mm-hmm. and money line parlays already dropping down the Niners because I don't see them losing that game that ain't either three of those teams uh, obviously it could happen but. Uh, you can't make it any less than seven and a half for uh, all three of those teams, but it would have been fun to see because the Lions are—they'll be scary next year. I think they're good enough. It's always just been a question of if which Jerry Goff's going to show up. 
All right, so then the next game, of course, we've got the Jags. Very fortunate, got a little home cooking on that fumble return because Sunshine didn't play too well. Old Trevor Lawrence struggled in that game, but somehow, someway, they're there. Now, they went to L.A. early in the year, and I watched that game. They buried the Chargers. I mean, that game wasn't even close. I think it ended up 38-10, if I recollect. But, I mean, it wasn't even close. The Chargers, and they had all their guys, and – I'll tell you what, Chargers better bring their A game. Now, I know a couple guys got banged up, Joey Bosa, and people are naysaying, okay, uh, you know, why are these guys playing? Well, there's a reason there's a few of these guys that were playing. Uh, Joey Bosa, Joey Bosa was winded in his first game back. He had only played a little less than half the game, and he, he told the coach, Coach, I need to play because otherwise I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be ready to play in the fourth quarter of a playoff game. I need to get my win back, my stamina. And you saw him. He was sucking wind in the game last week in the loss that they had. So he played uh, the groin a little bit sore, but he said he's good to go. He's definitely going. And then Mike Williams, he got the uh, back contusion. He will play as well. So they will be at full strength. Eckler played well. Keenan Allen played well. I get it. Staley under scrutiny because he played starters. They did not want to lose momentum. And I listened to several NFL experts and, you know, there are a lot of guys, former players, Herm Edwards came out and said, look, I'm playing. Nobody said anything about Tom Brady playing. They had nothing to play for. But you hear anybody say anything that Tom Brady played? No. But they're going to get on Staley and the and the Chargers for playing. And same same situation there. So he wanted to keep the momentum that they had. They had played really well the three games prior. And so he wanted to kind of get chemistry ready for the game. And he wanted Joey Bosa to be able to get his win back. He had not been in game situations for uh, several months. And so the first game that he came back, he said, Coach, you know, I, I only went like 48%. But even in that 48% of that first game back, I was struggling. I was sucking wind. So he was trying to get some stamina back. So I get it. There's, it's, a, you know, it's twofold. You know, it's like, which way are you going to lean? Okay, do I protect the guys and make sure they don't play so they're ready for the playoffs? Or do I let them get ready for the playoffs and stay and, and keep the momentum? Uh, we're seeing a lot more of that now. And I really think they've got some of these coaches even have to change their mindset as they go into the beginning of the season because a lot of teams are losing games they probably would have an opportunity to win if some of their guys played so that they had some cohesiveness and chemistry going into the season. A lot of times, we're, we're not playing any starters, really, and it shows too. I mean, trust me, the Raiders, didn't have a, no, we're not playing any of the starters. Okay, great. And look what happened. Great start you got off to, right? I mean, sometimes you can bury yourself at the beginning of the season and look back and, uh, yeah, hindsight's twenty twenty. but at the end of the day, that's what can happen. Ken Thompson, Crooklyn Ball, and Noah Parker, who do you like? Chargers minus one on the road, 47-and-a-half against Sunshine and the Jags. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a crazy game. Uh, I could go back and forth. I, I, for some reason, I'm leaning the Chargers a little bit because they've already seen them. They, they have a little tape. But uh, and everyone's writing them off because you know injuries and everything. Jags first time being there, you know they're gonna be a little bit wet behind the ears, green, and uh, you know they haven't been there. Chargers seems like they're always in there. Whatever, no matter what happens, it's gonna be a one possession game. At the end of the at the end, and uh, it's gonna come down to, to uh, who probably has the last possession. That'll be a tough game, but I don't I don't mind the you know the, the playing everybody. At the end, I've seen the Colts do it in the undefeated season. Then you rest everybody, you lose the momentum, and then you go into the playoffs. You, 
you know, you don't have this thing. I saw the Bills do it one year, and they did it, and then they ended up starting Rob Johnson said Doug Flutie, and they lost the wild card game in the Music City Miracle after resting everybody a week before. It happens a lot with these coaches. Sometimes it's better just leave them out there, you know, just keep 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 the momentum, keep the uh, continuity, and just play play the play out your your uh, season the way it's supposed to go. Another former Raiders, Zay Jones, great year for Jacksonville, and Doug Peterson doing a real nice job there. Former Bill, former Bill also. There you go, that's true. And Trevor Lawrence, though, really struggled in that last game. They almost played not to lose, but really were playing from behind the whole way. I give Tennessee and Vrabel a lot of credit for, uh, you know, hanging in that game there with Dobbs, at quarterback, who they recently had just gotten. So uh, we'll see how this one pans out. But I would lean Chargers based on, I think, the best player on the field, weapon-wise, is Austin Eckler. So, yeah. you know, I yeah, mean, Herbert, 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 and when Trevor Lawrence plays his A game, you know, he could be a wash there with Herbert. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, I'll take over Zay Jones and Marvin Jones or Christian Kirk, uh, you know, but those guys missed a good portion of the season. And then defensively, you know, you still got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. So that one-two tandem is pretty solid there for the Chargers. But I do like the way Jacksonville does play as a team, and they do tackle uh, where everybody's kind of getting to the ball. I like to see that they, they get there in numbers and much improved this year, Jacksonville. And, again, they've got the confidence knowing that they went in and buried the Chargers. Again, that game wasn't even close. Doug Peterson doing a nice job. Offensive coordinator Press Taylor, good job. Um, Mike Caldwell doing a good job with the defense there for the Jags as well. So that'll be a fun one there, and we'll see how Staley and the Chargers handle that on the road. Again, right now they are one-point favorites total of 47.5. Those are your two Saturday games. Your Bills have the early game on Sunday, minus 9, 46.5. Teddy Bridgewater and the Dolphins come a-calling. And you know Miami's going to have confidence because they went up there. Now, I know it was two of that played in the snowstorm, but again, you know, it's always the stigma where, ah, Miami can't go up to Buffalo and hang. There's no way they can hang in, in this game. How, how can they hang? It's, it's too cold for them. Well, they showed they can play in the cold. Uh, so I think going to Buffalo earlier will help the Dolphins. But they, I think they just exhaled because they made the playoffs. They stopped the bleeding. They were able to squeeze past the Jets. It was an ugly win, but they found a way to get it done and get the late cover there on that safety. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, this is not a team that I want to go on right now. Tyree kills ankles, beat up. Uh, Waddle was beat up that last game. So they're going in. Again, they made the playoffs. Uh, I don't think you get an effort as poorly as TCU's last night. Like, glad to be here. But at the end of the day, Buffalo's on a mission. I, I can't I can't take the Dolphins, even though nine looks enticing and Bridgewater's pretty accurate. It's a game I'll stay away from. Yeah, well, you already missed 11. Um, I saw some places were even 12 when it opened up. But uh, So you already missed a good number there. I don't know how you could play the Dolphins at this number. Uh, they lost, what, five in a row until they won uh, the other day? I want to say they were eight and three at one point. And then they were actually eight and eight at the end there, and they had to squeak one over to beat the Jets. So I, it's not really it doesn't look great. A lot of health issues. I don't know how anybody could take Miami right now, but I understand why the line moved. And you know, it is a divisional game at the end of the day. So Miami did beat them once, but uh, the Bills just played awful that game in Miami. I, they're probably partying. I think it was like week three. It was so early in the season. Um, but the, the, I just remember Bills making a lot of errors on fourth downs, some interceptions by Josh Allen, and they just took them. They just played down to their competition, 
So uh, I think it was a couple games after the opener, when after they blew out the Rams and another game. So they'll be ready for this game. Uh, just Miami's not even close to 100%. It's going to be tough for them to win that game outright, let alone cover. All right, so Giants-Vikings, Vikings minus 348.5 in Minnesota. We'll duck this one in before we go to break. We'll come back with Ravens, Bengals, Cowboys, Bucks. Uh, what about it as far as Giants catching three? They rested their players, and they hung with Philly. Philly played their starters. Look, Philly was in control pretty much the whole way. The score is deceiving, but the Giants never quit, and they, got an e- they end up getting an easy cover in the game You know, on the scoreboard. It wasn't that easy down uh, 19 19- Three, I think it was, and the line was right there at 16. But then the Giants, they never quit. And I got to give them credit there. Uh, you know, Webb played a pretty solid game, not quitting, took some shots there. Vikings minus 348 and a half. And there's another thing. Uh, Hertz played for Philadelphia, and people, oh, no, what's doing? He needed to get back in there. He hadn't played in a while, and he didn't even play well. So I think it's good that he got that game out of the way where he made a bunch of mistakes that he didn't make all year because you don't want that to be his first game back in the playoffs and have that be the way that the Eagles season ends. Correct. And uh, they were still playing for something, too. They, they did not clinch the division yet. The Cowboys would have won and they would have lost. You know, there was still uh, a chance they could not they, – they would not it, – it's not even it was a meaningless game for them. So you're getting reps for your guy and you're beating a divisional opponent. Uh, you know, they, they, they stopped playing at the end of the league because it was over. But at the end of the day, I, I, I'm going Giants here plus the three – uh, against the Vikings, who have a, I think they're almost a minus point differential for a team with a record that that good is insane. Uh, they might have got over that minus actually when they beat the Bears by a good amount, but uh, it's basically they they just either get blown they either get blown out or they win in a one possession game all season long. They've been winning with smoke and mirrors. You saw them beat the Bills with a with a fluke play where the guys where Josh Allen's down on the ball and fumbles it. Uh, they won a lot of games kind of uh, weird. So I mean they haven't really been a high team. Um, you know, power rankings-wise, and that's why the line's only three. I'm taking the Giants plus the three. I think they went out right. All right, so we'll take our last break of the night. SportsX Radio on a fat Tuesday. Ken Thompson, Noah Parker, producer Marco, come back. Look at Ravens, Bengals, Cowboys, Buccaneers. I'll give you a three-team, seven-point teaser because if you play a two-team, seven-point teaser, they charge you an arm and a leg now for those. I mean, even a six-point teaser now has gone through the roof because they are so effective in NFL football. But we'll come back. We'll look at Ravens, Bengals, Cowboys, Buccaneers. Uh, we'll duck in a little NBA, and then uh, I'll get out of here. I'll make sure I give you a couple college basketball games for tomorrow. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, KDWN, AUDACY. Download the free app, Odyssey. Ken Thompson, producer Mark Hoke. Noah Parker, Crooklyn Bala. We'll be right back live from Vegas, live at PSBR Law Studios. Killing me, Mark Hoke, man, going way back in the arc. And I know that voice. Good Lord, Mark, help me out, man. I'm just uh, I'm getting old. I uh, wouldn't have got it. Okay, wouldn't have got it. Know the name of the group, but I wouldn't have got it. Uh, good song, though, coming back. Final uh, segment here. Got about five, six minutes. Rolling with the Crooklyn Baller here. Talking a little NFL football. Uh, we'll jump to a couple NBA uh, overnights with Noah. Only a few lines are out for the games. I got a bunch of games, college basketball, that I'm going to give out. Uh, for tomorrow. I've been doing pretty well 
uh, now that I'm getting into it full time. All right, uh, Crooklyn Ball, the last two uh, games as far as the NFL, Ravens and Bengals. Bengals are minus seven at home, total of 42. I doubt Lamar plays, although the line is suggesting he may. Uh, here's what I've got as far as that three-team seven-point teaser. Take the Niners, minus two and a half. You couple them with the Bills, minus two, and the Bengals at a pick. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, that's, it's hard not to like any of those. I don't know, like you said, I don't know if Lamar is playing. Uh, the line actually went up from six and a half to seven, so I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't care if he plays. I, he's he's going to be rusty. The Bengals right now are a team that's on a mission, and, and they're they're a scary team. And so, yeah, there, there's no question that Burrow's playing his best ball and, you know, Jamar Chase. I mean, they've got weapons. Uh, your take as far as that game, though, Bengals minus 742. I could only look Bengals. Yeah, I think that's, that line's just right, though. Even with Hunley, they just played last week against him. So it, it, that's always tough. Um, but I, I would only take the plus seven. I think, you know, just because of the adjustments and they're still a divisional rival that, you know, they play them, they play them well. They have enough weapons where they can hang, uh, the Bengals, they're not rusty, but they came off a, they didn't play a week against the bills, obviously. Then they played last week in a almost blowout fashion where they almost let the team come back. But I mean, they've just won so many games in a row. I want to say it's what eight in a row now, you know, if you don't count that Bills game, maybe more. Um, but they're just rolling, and that line is just kind of—it's a weird line. Okay, so uh, real. You're going to okay. give me a touchdown. Though, I'm taking the plus seven. Okay, so here's what you do: if you do that three-team teaser, the Niners minus two and a half, the Bills minus two. Those two games are already over. You can have the Bengals as a pick, and you can always yeah. hedge back yeah. and take the Ravens. There's a good chance that goes to seven and a half, and then you're sitting fat there. You can hedge yeah. back a little bit there. Last game: yeah. Cowboys and Buccaneers. Boy, as lousy as the Cowboys looked last week. But Washington played well, and who knows, with uh, Sam Howell uh, making his start there over there with uh, the North Carolina kid for Washington. Uh, Cowboys minus 2.5 against Brady and the boys 45.5. I-, I don't want any part of this game. Uh, I mean, I saw a stat with um, Tom Brady since he went to the Buccaneers. In primetime games against the spread, 2-12, and 2-13 and maybe now. Um, it- he's just been awful. Uh, as a team, the Buccaneers only covered four games all season. This is not a team I'm going to – I don't care if they're getting there, if they're a home dog, three. I thought the line would, should have been three and a half, uh, actually, by the Cowboys, in my, in my opinion, with my power rankings. Uh, they limped their way into the – I mean, they, they got in because the rest of the division is so bad. This isn't a playoff team. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. Uh, I'm, I would only go Cowboys. I think that's a short number. I'm not take, I'm not stepping on the, the bridge. Just because he's in the playoffs, he's going to step now. He's had all season – he hasn't looked good. Father time might be here finally. Give me the Cowboys minus a three. Okay, all right. So only got about three minutes. Uh, by the way, the uh, price of eggs and everything else going up all around the country. How much is an ear of corn over in Tampa? Uh, you've told me a Buccaneer, I think. There you go, Buccaneer. That's right. Good job, buddy. All right, uh, 112-101. Clippers, 112-101, 56 seconds to go. They lead the Mavs by 11. They'll get the win and the cover. The game will stay under. Uh, Magic did beat the Blazers 109-106. Tomorrow, only a few lines out in the association. Bucks are favored 2, 233 at Atlanta. Celtics minus 9 at home, 229 against the Pelicans and the Rockets and Kings. Kings minus 9 at home against Houston. I like Sacramento minus the 9. Uh, the Knicks now, it's come out. They're minus 4.5 uh, against the Pacers, opened at 4. You're a Knicks fan. You going to lay that? Nope, I'm not laying that. This is a game I can see them losing. Pacers match up well. 
Um, not, not not for me today. In the, in the association, the last four games all covered. The dog covered and won outright. Mavericks, Suns, Magic, and the Jazz all were dogs. I think closing or and they all won outright. So it was a dog day today. Tomorrow, I, I like some dogs tomorrow too. All right, so good stuff. Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, that's a, that's for tomorrow. So you like the Pacers plus the? Uh, I, I do. I, I do like the Pacers plus the five. That's too many points. I mean, Pacers and Knicks are about even to me, just because they're home uh, at home. Uh, they're still missing R.J. Barrett. Another game I like is the Dog Pelicans plus ten. I know Zion's out. That's just way too many points for a team with a lot of weapons. Ingram's out, but they're playing well. Alvarado's playing well. Ten points in Boston. No, not, no, it's nine. Nine points. at the Westgate Superbook. That's nine the line we're five. losing. You get nine. You don't get ten. All right. Okay, it's, it's actually it's actually nine and a half uh, there at the Westgate. Okay. Uh, nine and a half everywhere. You you get nine and a half with the uh, with the Pels. Still uh, a lot of points. If it's anything over seven, is too much for me against the Pelicans who are playing real well. All right, I'll give you the Rockets in nine. That's all you get against Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that Rockets team is so bad IQ wise. Kings are still a young team. They've been blowing teams out or losing outright. It's never they're never inside the number. They either cover the big number at home. Or they lose uh, straight up like they did to the Lakers a couple nights ago. Um, but the Rockets are such a team that they just, if they're hitting threes, they're such a young team. No veterans besides Eric Gordon not playing the Rockets either way or not going against them because right. if they're hot, they're hot, they're not, they're terrible. Great stuff. At Crooklyn Baller, follow him on Twitter. I'm not going to let you do your Chuck Gattle thing, but Chuck does say hi. Finished second in the VSIN contest. Parker, we'll uh, talk to you soon, buddy. I'll see you at Steiner's. Thanks for having me. Have a great night. You're the best, buddy. Okay, tomorrow college basketball. Take Arkansas plus the one at home against Bama. Take Indiana State. Lay the four and a half against Southern Illinois. Xavier should get past Creighton at home in Cincinnati and beat and cover the three. Marquette's my favorite play at home against UConn. They'll beat UConn. And UCF is also going to beat Memphis at home. Those are the five that I just looked at that I like off the top of my head. That'll do it on a fat Tuesday tomorrow night, baby. Come on down to Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Join KT. Be another ruckus crowd great great game action and of course uh, great food outstanding service and uh, of course my producer mark hoke will be back here at psbr law studios till tomorrow you know the rules no drinking and driving no texting and driving most of all god bless our troops god bless you live from vegas sports x radio i'm ken thompson folks i've enjoyed it god bless talk to you tomorrow night sports x radio 101.5 k dawn a u d a c y download the app talk to you tomorrow night good night everybody